Hey everybody, this is Don Newman and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. This is a show that's dedicated to helping you and I live a life that would continue to live on even after our own lifetime has ended. Uh, today's episode is all about responding up, overcoming the crisis of today to become the person you're destined to become tomorrow. And I'm actually going to be sharing uh, some things out of a book that I wrote three years ago that's titled Respond Up. Uh, and at the end of this, hang on to the end because I'm going to tell you how you can get a free ebook copy of this book. But I want to share some things because, you know, right now as I'm filming this today, we're going through a current crisis in this country that many of us have never ever seen before. Uh, I've never lived through anything like this before. Uh, as we're dealing with this pandemic of what's called the coronavirus, uh, last broadcast, I actually shared that we were starting to deal with it. Now we're in the middle of it. And I'm actually, like many of you probably are, I'm staying at home, staying uh, home from work, only going to the grocery store once a week, only doing a couple of things that are necessary. And like millions and millions of others really around the world, uh, we're staying at home to try to keep this from spreading any further. And so this crisis has affected everybody. Uh, I've heard it said over and over again, we're all in this together. And I can truly say uh, that we have been. But I want to give some good news today. I want to give some encouragement. And this not only relates to this current crisis, but this will relate to other things in your life. Because I want to talk about responding up. The reason I wrote this book, Respond Up, was for this. We all go through crisis in this life. We all face obstacles in this life. But what's the difference? What is the difference between somebody that gets stuck in a crisis and somebody that actually moves forward through the crisis? And so what I found out was this, the difference between those people that get stuck in a crisis and those that move forward has to do with how they respond. In fact, I found out that the difference between the people that move ahead and the people that don't move ahead, all is linked to choosing to respond instead of just react. And so when I wrote this book, I wanted to help teach people how to respond to things. And so one of the things I'm going to talk about today is responding to crisis, but more specifically, how do we respond to unwanted and unplanned change? Because I know this crisis that I'm going through now, <laughs> it's not wanted and it was totally unplanned. I mean, this weekend, I'm supposed to be celebrating uh, Easter with my grandkids and doing all kinds of things with family and friends, but instead, we're going to be celebrating Easter here at home. Uh, so it's changed everything. You know, didn't plan any of this. The main character that I build this story around in this book is the life of Joseph from the book of Genesis. If you've ever read about Joseph, you'll understand that Joseph, as a very young man, had this dream, had several dreams, and he found his life being put into an incredible crisis very, very young. His brothers took and sold him into slavery. He was then taken into another country. He was then, uh, when he was taken into that house, the house of Potiphar, he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Of, of trying to take advantage of her. Well, that then moved him into a prison. 
to where he was forgotten again, uh, you know, for years. But if you follow his life, you'll understand there was one change after another, after another, nothing he wanted and nothing he planned, but he responded. He responded correctly each and every time that he dealt with one of those different obstacles that came up. And it eventually prepared him to be trained, to be prepared to be prime minister of Egypt. So what am I saying? I'm saying that many of the difficulties we go through, many of the crises we go through, actually can be the doorways that prepare us for the future that God intends for us to walk into. So I'm going to share just a couple of stories today and share a couple of things that I feel like you can do and I can do to help us get through some of these things and especially through this current crisis. You know, I began this book by sharing a story, true story that happened to me and I never will forget it. Uh, we were going through a very difficult time in our life, my wife and I, and we were in the process of moving uh, from one state to another state, or actually moving back to where we live now. And uh, everything was just in crisis in that period uh, in our life. Just imagine, you know, you're going through uh, the crisis of having to move back without having the money to be able to move back, without having a job prepared for you, without having the ability to sell your house. Uh, there was just so many financial things that were going on during this period as we were making the move back to where we live now. And I never will forget this one day where here I am already feeling like, man, how much worse can it get? Have you ever felt that way? Like, wow, can this get any worse? Well, that's how I felt that day. And as I am sitting in my car in traffic, uh, here comes unwanted and unplanned right behind me. It was a landscape truck that the driver was texting while he was driving and he never ever even looked up and he just ran into the back of the car that was almost paid off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I saw it in one second before it happened and uh, my car ended up going into the car in front of me, uh, hitting that car into another car and it threw my car into the ditch. So here I am down in the ditch with glass and coffee because I had a cup of coffee, everything is just all over me. And I wasn't hurt, thank God, but my car was totaled. So here I am sitting in the ditch, and I'm thinking, just what I just said, how can this get any worse? And that's when I heard, when I heard the Lord speak in my heart, choose your attitude wisely because you'll remember it the rest of your life. And I knew that God spoke that. And, and immediately I thought about the verse in James where it says, if you go through any trial, if you go through difficulty or trials, count it as joy, which seems totally crazy in the natural. But I knew it was God. So I made the decision to get out of the car and start to help the people, the other people. I used to be a state trooper. So it was almost natural for me to check on the other people. And some other people were, had some slight injuries. Uh, but there was nothing serious except my car was completely totaled. And uh, I remember standing out there and just feeling like, man, this is the opposite of what I should be doing. I should be mad. I should be worried. I should be upset. But it was exactly what I was supposed to do. And as I chose my attitude to trust that this was going to work out, what I found was is, is that two things happened. Number one, 
the worry, fear, anger that would have gotten on me in that moment didn't do that. It didn't get on me. It didn't uh, manifest itself through me. The second thing is, through a series of events uh, that you can read in the book, uh, if you get a copy of it, we saw God not only replace that car, but actually give us three other vehicles that same year. It was almost like God was saying to me, choose your attitude wisely because I'm going to work this out for you. I'm going to take care of you. And that's the same thing I think went on in the life of Joseph. God's trying to set him up to be prime minister of Egypt and eventually save his own family. And he could have looked at all those situations and said, this is just terrible. Why is this happening to me? Woe is me. This shouldn't be happening. But instead, he kept responding up. How do we know that he did that? Because everywhere he went, whether it was Potiphar's house or in the jail, he was a leader. He was helping other people. That's what I was doing that day. I was stepping out of my mess, out of my crisis, and helping people around me. And so I want to encourage you, in the middle of a crisis, the thing that you need to do is you need to look up. You need to respond up. Uh, don't do like most of the people in the world do by reacting. You know, I like to say there's a big difference between a first responder and a first reactor. You know, we all react, and reactions come from our emotions. And sometimes those emotions are correct. You look at your house and there's a fire that has started in one part of your house. You need to react. You need to do something immediately. You know, but reactions many times come from our emotions and our fallen nature. We can't let those take over when all of a sudden we think somebody's talking about us behind our back at work. Maybe it's in our own mind. Maybe it's something that we're dealing with in, in our own insecurity. We can't let the natural reaction of rejection and fear and anger and all of that take over in that moment. What we've got to do is learn how to respond. And the difference between reaction and response is this word, pause. Just pause. You know, right now in the middle of this crisis that we're in the middle of, this coronavirus crisis, we're all in a pause. Never has the whole world been still like this before. Uh, someone said the other day they could hear birds in New York City and they've never heard them before because there's no noise. They talk about being able to see the Himalayan mountains for the first time because there's no pollution. Everything is settled. There's a pause going on. And responding means before I react, I'm going to pause. But respond up, it takes it a step, farther, a step further. Respond up, you fill the pause with God. You stop and you pause but then you turn to God. God, what are you saying about this? That's what I did that day when I was in my car. I said, God, what are you saying about this right now? And he said, I'll tell you what I'm saying about it. Don't react. Don't let fear, I know things look bad, but you can't see six months from now. You can't see a year from now, and I've got this. I've got you. I want you to choose your attitude wisely because you remember it the, all the days of your life. And I remember my attitude today. Years later, years later, I still remember my attitude. And so that's what you need to do. So what can we do with unwanted, unplanned change? There's two things that you can do. Number one is this. Do not worry about things that you cannot change. Don't get fearful or, or worry or spend excess time in your mind trying to figure out a plan. You know, if you're a big planner, 
If, if you're one of the people, man, I, I've got to have a plan. I've got to plan everything. Well, when things come like this crisis that we're currently in, it's difficult because how do you plan for it? You know, you can plan your day. You can begin to plan stuff. But how do you plan to get through the crisis? You can't take on things that you can't change. You have to just turn those over to God. You have to just trust that you'll get through it. I could do nothing about my car that was totaled that day. I couldn't get out and repair the car. I couldn't uh, figure out exactly how it was going to work out that day. I had to let it go. But while you don't focus on things and worry about things you can't change, you absolutely impact the things you can change. What can you change right now? You know, maybe if you're going through this crisis right now and as this airs, the, if the coronavirus is continuing, and I'm praying that it's not going to continue, but if we're still dealing with it, what can you change today that'll impact your situation? You know, I talked to someone the other day that they talked about they're stuck at home. What could they do? And they made a game uh, of making uh, their house feel like it was someplace different. They made their back porch be France. They made their living room. They pretended it was uh, Italy. They pretended that another section of their house was another section. And, and what they did is during the day, they would tell themselves, you know what, we're going to go out and sit for a while in France. They actually decorated parts of the house as best they could to make them feel like they were actually going to another place. Okay, that may seem silly to some of you, but for that person that did it, it gave them an ability to control an emotional situation of being stuck in their house and make it a little bit better, actually much better as the person shared this story with me. What did they do? They made a decision. I'm not going to complain about something I can't do anything about. I cannot do anything about the virus other than stay home, don't spread it, uh, do the things there, but I can't actually do anything about it outside of trust God. But you know what? I can do something about today. I can impact today. You know, some of you have been thinking about projects. You've been thinking about uh, books you want to write. You've been thinking about things that you want to do. You know, in the middle of this crisis, this might be time to do something about that, to actually start to work on one of your goals, to actually start to work on your book or start to work on what you feel called to do. And so I want to encourage you, don't worry about things you can't change. Just turn those over to God. You know, I like to pray to the Lord on things I cannot handle that He can handle and put them in His hand. But the things that I can make a difference in, that's what I'm going to focus on. And so as you move forward into learning how to respond up, learning how to overcome this crisis to become the person that you're meant to be in the future, I want to, I want to tell you, you don't know all the things that are in the future, what's in front of you, or what God has in store for you. But I want you to have great hope. I want to tell you another story that happened to me to illustrate this. Uh, I'd only been married a couple of years. and I may have shared this with you guys before. I can't remember, but it's worth sharing again, given this current crisis. And uh, I'd only been married for a few years and uh, was dreaming of becoming a loan officer. And at the time, it was pretty difficult to become a loan officer at a bank without a degree, and I didn't have a degree. But I did find that I could go to work with a finance company basically kind of doing the same thing, or at least I thought doing the same thing. 
And so uh, I'm in my early 20s. I find a position with a finance company. I'm, I'm going to be talking to people that are wanting to make uh, a loan, secure a personal loan. I'm actually going to be going through and, and doing the same things that a loan officer would do at a bank. So I was excited about that. Well, I had no idea that when I took this position that the title was manager trainee. And it really was a fancy title for a collector uh, because I was not only going to be uh, going through and uh, providing uh, loans to people, you know, taking their information, submitting them, and, and, and basically uh, giving them the funds. But I was also going to have to turn around and make collections on people that were not paying uh, those loans in a timely manner. And back in those days, uh, individuals that actually handled collections, yes, we'd do it by phone, but you would also do it in person. And uh, that's not to strong arm anybody or, or, you know, you're not trying to cause a, or threaten anybody, but if you can't get a hold of them on the phone, you're going to drive out to their job or their residence and try to get a hold of them. And so it turned out to be just a horrible job and I regretted taking the job, but I was committed to doing it. But there were a lot of other difficulties going on that I won't get into, but there came a day where uh, my boss uh, wanted to meet with me and in the meeting he just said, it just seems like you're not really uh, enthused about this. And I just couldn't lie. I had to be honest and I explained to him, you know what, I just feel like you know, there's people that we're loaning money to that we shouldn't be loaning money to. And I, I went into things that I felt just we shouldn't be doing. and. Obviously, I knew where this was going, and uh, you know, the more we talked, I could basically tell I just need to let him know it's probably time for me to resign, and uh, that I'm not the person for this position. And uh, he agreed with that and said, "Well, we were going to let you go, so why don't we agree that this is your last day?" And uh, that day, I had to make a decision: What am I going to do? Am I going to really just? Uh, go into worry and freak out and, you know, because I had a wife with uh, a very young child and she's at home with our child and here I am trying to figure out what I'm going to do or am I going to respond up? Am I going to respond up and I'm, and I'm going to take this crisis and move into the future? And I was very young. I was in my mid-20s and, but I knew you, you've got to have a job. You've got to take care of your family. I was raised that way. So on the way home, Actually, not on the way home, but after I left the office, I stopped at a payphone. There were no cell phones back then. I called my wife to let her know that I had been let go. And of course, she's asking, well, what are we going to do? And I said, don't worry. I won't be home until I find another job. Well, I ended up going and finding three jobs, one at a grocery store bagging groceries, one with a steel company I used to work with in high school tying steel, and the other one was actually digging a foundation on the new wing our church was building. Uh, basically, all those jobs kind of mixed together were going to give us exactly enough, just enough, to be able to pay our bills. So here I am. I got all this unwanted, unplanned change. I got my own little crisis going on in my life, trying to provide for my family. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to do, and I'm, 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 I'm responding up the best way I know how. And several weeks after that, one night my wife and I were sitting down watching television, watching the news, and a story came on 
And the story was about a, a, a young man that had actually been killed, murdered, that was actually uh, going to visit somebody based upon their job. Uh, long story short, it was the person that replaced me at the finance company. And they were going to make a scheduled collection that I was scheduled to make in just a couple of weeks. That would have been me. Um, that would have been me walking into that location on that day and time. And that would have been me walking into the middle of a drug deal or whatever was going on. And that would have been my life that was lost there. I, I'd be lying to you to tell you that I wasn't shaking as I sat there and watched that on the news, realizing, you know what? It looked bad when I got fired. It looked bad when that job ended. But all of a sudden, it didn't look so bad because you know why? Because I could see on the other side of it and see that the hand of God was protecting me, that he was shielding me. And, you know, while I, I obviously felt very, very bad and prayed for the family member of the person that replaced me, I just thank God that I was not in that situation. And um, another interesting thing happened. The job I took, one of the jobs I took, because I took three, was bagging groceries at a grocery store. Um, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, and here I am bagging groceries with people that are retired or young kids in high school. But it didn't matter. I needed to make money, and that's what God opened up. But what happened was one day, a former high school football coach of mine came in. He was buying groceries, saw me, hadn't seen me, you know, for four or five years, and just was excited to see me, asking me what I was doing. And I told him, well, I'm trying to go finish college, married. I've got, a, you know, a family now. And, you know, and he just kind of asked me because he knew I loved football and I played football. He said, have you ever thought about coaching football? And that was a dream of mine. And he went on to share how he was hiring uh, for a football coach at a major high school where he was coaching at, and would I be interested? Are you kidding? Would I be interested? I was more than interested. And I actually joined that coaching staff and spent several years coaching at this high school, having the time of my life. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say what looked very, very bad actually was two things. It was God's protection from something that would have harmed me, but it was also a setup to walk into the next chapter of my life. So before you react to the crisis that you're in, I want you just to pause. And I want you just to turn to God and ask Him, what should I do? How should I react to this? Maybe you just lost your job. You know, so many people lost their job in this crisis because of so many business shutting down. And uh, maybe that's you. Maybe you're going through that today. You know, I want you to, I want you to get a copy of my book, the ebook version at the end. I'll share how to do that. But the biggest thing I want to encourage you to do is turn to God. Because what if on the other side of this very difficult situation where you just lost your job, there's another job that's beyond anything you ever imagined before. Maybe the next job is actually what you were meant to do your entire life, but you've never been able to do it. Does it always work out that way? No, it doesn't. But I can tell you this, when you look at your current situation and current crisis and you begin to respond up, what you're going to do is you're going to open the door for those type of things to happen. 
You're going to open the door to the possibility that the next place you go to is actually where you were supposed to be all along. And so I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, that in this time of crisis, or maybe this is in the future, you're watching this and, and you're just going through a personal crisis. Don't react, respond, but respond up. And as you do, you'll find that you can overcome the current crisis and become the person that you were, you were always meant to be, the person you were destined to be in, in tomorrow and in the future. And so I just want to encourage you today to take that time to do that. Know that if you're going through this crisis and you're part of being a part of uh, following, living a life worth remembering, we're praying for all of you. We're believing not just for us to get through this, but all of us to get through this. And so we're lifting you up in prayer. So what I want to do is I want to make this book available to you for free in ebook format. That means if you have a Kindle, if you have a Nook, if you have an iPad, or even if you have a computer and you can download the app to be able to read it, I'm going to send you the file for free. And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to email me at coachdonnewman at gmail.com. That's coachdonnewman at gmail.com. You also can send me your prayer request. Uh, I spend a lot of time in praying for other people, and you can attach your prayer request, but I'll also uh, send to you the link and instructions on how you can get the ebook for free. And I want to encourage you also to share this show with other people. You can subscribe to it if you're seeing this and you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel. You can go to Coach Don Newman on YouTube and subscribe. And every time uh, we record one of these shows, it'll automatically come up in your feed. You also, if you want to listen to the, aud the uh, Audible show, uh, you can go to iTunes. Uh, that's Living a Life Worth Remembering. And you can catch the show there if you just want to hear the audio version of the show. But uh, go ahead and share this with other people today and know that we're praying for you and we're absolutely, absolutely going to get through this. I'm convinced of that. And many of us, as we respond up, are going to find we're not just going to get through this. We're never going to be the same again, but for the better. And so know I'm praying for you and I'm absolutely believing that the ripples that you make today will absolutely become the waves of tomorrow. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.